Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Welcome to Faith Family Church. Welcome to everybody that's joining us online. We're glad you're with us. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and go over to Mark chapter 10, please. And we'll pray and get going here. Mark chapter 10, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you that we can come before you. We thank you, Lord, that we are born again, that we, are, uh, we have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you did not leave us comfortless. You didn't leave us uh, behind or uh, in some way short after Jesus left, but you sent us the Holy Spirit. Another comforter, one who was just like Jesus to the disciples, Holy Spirit, we, we acknowledge that you are here, that you're in us, that you're our teacher, our guide. Lord, you've placed a gift within me that you desire for your body and for their benefit. And so, Father, I yield myself as a vessel to you and ask you to say the things that you desire to say. Uh, Lord, my heart and the heart of this church is that we would only do and say what we see the Father doing and hear him saying that Billings would be changed, that this area would be changed, and that we would develop into the hub that you've called us to be. And Father, that's not one person. That's the body collective. That's each and every one of us growing to the full potential of what you've called us to be and walking in that potential, walking in that grace, walking in that resurrection to where we are, even as your word says, a body wholly filled and flooded with you, God himself. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, we're not lazy with our faith, but we expect these things and we do our due diligence to be obedient to your word and be sober and vigilant in the current state of the world where we know that it is drunk by the spirit of the age. And we will not be filled with that spirit, but we are filled with your spirit. We thank you for your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's go to Mark chapter 10, and I'm gonna, uh, we're talking about the problem is not the problem, and this is part 165,000. <laughs> not really, all right. <laughs> so, so, so far we have uh, navigated a lot of ground in the study. We talked about faith, and we looked at uh, Mark chapter 5. The resurrection power of Christ, uh, we talked about this, easily carves through all the doubt and darkness in the earth when faith is released. This was illustrated through the account of Jairus. Jairus had very difficult circumstances and continued difficult circumstances, but he continued in faith. Faith is one of those things that is not a one-time operation. We have to continue daily walk in faith. Then secondly, we talked about wisdom, and we looked at Proverbs chapter 8, verse 22 through 31, and we discovered that wisdom... And faith working together are a powerful force. We discovered that wisdom and the verses in in Proverbs chapter 8 tell us that before our problems ever existed, wisdom existed. So praise God for that. Before there was ever a creation, there was wisdom. The wisdom is Jesus Christ. Proverbs 8 verse 21 or 22 through 31, they are a description of Jesus Christ. Now, in Ephesians chapter 1, you'll see an extension or a greater understanding of Proverbs chapter 8. Ephesians chapter 1 talks about the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So under the old covenant, the anointing would come upon those 
who were called to offices or in some cases it would come upon what might, we might call a person who was laity. In other words, they weren't a prophet, priest, or king. In certain situations, the, the Spirit of God would come upon them, but it was pretty rare. So if you can imagine, uh, under the old covenant, the Spirit of God had to minister from the outside in. Under the new covenant, he ministers from the... Now, he still ministers upon us but he is within us, and that is key. You have to understand that if you're gonna function the way that God has designed you to, if I'm gonna function the way that God has designed me to, I have to understand that his power is within me first. It is imperative that we understand that because the enemy, if he can get you to believe that you don't have what you need, he's got you whipped every time. But if the Lord can convince you by his spirit and word and as we fellowship with him, and we're consistent with him, that we have everything we need right now in him. The scripture says what? You are complete in Christ. You're complete in Christ. People say, well, I don't feel like I'm complete. I know. That's because when we do that, we're functioning and thinking like the world or the old covenant and not like God has designed us under the new covenant. Okay? So we got to be careful with that, right? We got to realize that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in me. But if I spend all my time in the Old Testament reading about how God, you know, sent a pillar or a, a, a tornado of fire to pick up Elijah, I'll be waiting for that, not recognizing that the tornado lives in me. All right? So the spirit of wisdom and revelation is in operation. So where does that work? People say, well, I need to get it in me. Actually, you need to get it out of you. So the, the, the issue is not external, it's usually here. That's why if you look at the principle of the new covenant and as you read through the epistles, you'll see all of them refer and make reference to three parts of your being, your spirit, your soul, and your body. And believers, our biggest, uh, our biggest enemy, obviously, is the devil, okay? But our second biggest enemy is us. In other words, it's carnal thinking. Now, what I mean by that is I, I'm not talking about, um, you know, uh, especially as uh, spirit-filled, uh, Pentecostal, all that. A lot of times people think, yeah, the, the world's out there getting drunk and da-da-da-da-da. And they think of all these, these things that are, and they are carnal but it just means natural thinking. So if I'm facing a problem or I have an area that I, that I need to, uh, it really shouldn't say if I'm facing a problem, should I? Because if you're in faith and you're really moving forward with the Lord, there's, you have an enemy and he hates you. And, and the enemy is smart. He doesn't focus on the, 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 the player on the team that really doesn't, you know, they mostly ride the bench. Come on, we have enough sense in this in sports. We just don't have enough sense in it in the spirit because we're too natural-minded. See, the enemy doesn't do that. He focuses on somebody who's actually wanting to do something. He's no dummy. I mean, he's a dummy in the sense that he's fighting God, right? But he's not dumb in his tactics. Where do you think he learned them? Right? And then people, so if he can get us into, oh, I got another problem, God. 
He knows you're a bench rider. Should I do a dance for joy right now? Do a jig? That's why James said, count it all. If you're being opposed, it means you're in the game. It means you're in the game. I don't know about you. I'd rather be in the game. Yeah, but I ran across the middle for the reception, and the linebacker took me out. Yeah, but I held on to the ball. Yeah, but your, your head's ringing and you're spinning. It'll go away. I'd rather, win, I'd rather be in the game when it's time to score the winning touchdown than be on the sideline going, oh, I'm going to get a ring. Who are you? Oh, I was on the, yeah, third, I was on the practice squad, but everybody gets a ring. And there is a principle of truth there. But I'd rather be in the middle, why? Not because it's for me, because Jesus did it for me. And that's where when we get to that place. So wisdom is this way. Wisdom is a must for us to have. And we have the spirit of wisdom and revelation operating in our lives. So where is the problem that outthinks or outmaneuvers or outwits uh, wisdom, the spirit of wisdom and revelation? Where is the enemy that we're facing? Where do they exist in the spectrum of all the spirit realm and all the dimensions that are available? Where does an enemy exist that Jesus did not already have an answer for. Come on, I'm trying to get your faith up. <laughs> we have to believe God bigger. Now, what I mean by that is I'm not saying you have to believe God in the sense of like you need to believe God the way or for the exact things that I'm believing God for. In a general sense, that's true. But some of us live with things in our lives for years when there's wisdom to get rid of it. And we're busy praying about something that's already been provided. Ooh, I said it. That was awesome. Thank you, Lord. I'm busy praying about something that's already been provided. When I should be activating something by faith that I know is already there. Knowledge without operation actually is deception, according to James. Now watch, it's not the enemy's deception, it's self-deception so i have to begin to do something have you noticed that your flesh doesn't like to do what it opposite of what it has always done if you don't think so change your wake-up time stop giving your flesh what it likes at seven o'clock to eat and see what it does your flesh will make you think you're going to die. It's so stupid. It's so dying and withering and, and fading that it, it puts value on things that are valueless. And so if our thinking and our fellowship with the Lord is right, that resurrection within me actually begins to leak out and dominate the exterior. That's what we saw in Jesus. He was that full sponge, right? He was that, he's always full of the life of God. And you notice that he had to do certain things in order to live there. 
He couldn't just live haphazardly, right? He had to live in a particular way. There was a particular structure within the boundaries of wisdom that he grew in. Now think about that. Jesus grew in wisdom. And yet he was God eternal. And the scripture says, though, he stripped himself of his weight and glory, right? In other words, Jesus didn't come down as a demigod. He didn't come down and go, dun da da dun you know, and just start, you know, levitating across the ground in front of everybody. He came in, in a trough, <laughs> right? That's how he came. But in the midst of that, he grew in wisdom. What did he do? He engaged the source of wisdom and received the proper wisdom to be able to overcome the situations that he was facing, and he called that operation faith. And then when he saw other of us little humans do it, he went, awesome, that's the best. Hey, you Jews, did you see what that Gentile did? I'm just quoting scripture. Jesus was so loving, he would turn to his own people and say, I haven't found all this faith in all of Israel. To all of his Jewish disciples. I could say something right there, but I'll let your mind and the Holy Ghost work. <laughs> right? For us. He looks at people and he goes, what is Jesus impressed by? Faith. Do you want to impress God? Exercise your faith when everything's going to hell. <laughs> People think, Sean, are you going through a lot? <laughs> Has nothing to do with that. This is how we live. I'm not saying we do it perfect. This is our mindset. Our hearts are whole toward him. They're perfect toward him. Well, it's hard. Yeah, it is. And it's going to be hard whether you do it with God or without it's all the problems are still going to be there. You notice in, in, the, in the Gospels, <laughs> in the Gospels, you notice this, that the storm comes to the person on the sand and on the rock. People are like, oh, no, if I build my house on the rock, no storms will come. Nope, storm's coming. Oh, I, I'm just not going to engage the devil. I just, you know, I'll just kind of try and hide. You can't cut covenant with the devil and win. He will kill you either way or attempt to, I should say. That's who he is. It's his nature. He's not going to change his nature, so don't change yours for him. Right? Use that wisdom against him. Use that wisdom as a force. Wisdom concerning the situations we are facing is not found in studying natural things first. All natural things were created by God and Jesus was involved, of course, in the process. This means that all natural things came from the spirit realm. Did you know that? They originated there. In order to understand the natural realm, you must understand or be oriented or acquainted with the creator first. Yeah, I have to be in alignment, in alignment with him. Well, where's the answer to my problem? It's in your repentance. Amen. Glory to God. You know, because we hear repentance and we think, oh no, what have I done wrong? Repentance is a consistent change. In other words, I'm repenting every day. Now, I'm not under condemnation. 
I'm under conviction or convincing that God has a better life for me. He's created me a particular way. And in order for me to make the adjustments for that to line up and come out of my life, I have to change the way that I think and the way that I speak. And when I speak the way that I should, it is like a rudder to my life. And the ship of this vessel goes in the direction, even if the storm is against me, it goes in the direction that God has designed it to go. And that's how I'm to live as a believer, as a disciple, right? I'm at a level now in my relationship with the Lord where he should be able to go tap me on the shoulder or you on the shoulder and say, hey, I need you to give up four hours for this right now. And we don't even hem and haw. You know what hemming and hawing is? <laughs> I grew up with hemming and hawing. If you hemmed and haw when working with my grandpa, you felt it. You felt it verbally or physically. What does that mean? He'll do something to get the hem and the haw out of you. What is the hem and the haw? Oh, it's putting your hand to the plow and... Sean, your furrows are getting a little crooked. What do you mean? Oh, oh, oh. Health is recognizable in, this, in the natural, right? Can you tell if somebody's healthy or not? Spiritual health is recognizable too. Oh, I just feel down. I know because you watched TV all day and didn't even pray in tongues. Binge Netflix and feel horrible. I don't care. I mean, I do care. That's not true. I actually care a lot. <laughs> Comes with the office, right? Comes with the love of God within us, right? I care a lot because why? Oh, I just tried to rest all day. And I just feel more tired today. No, because you, you skipped Shobasi Ketavra and Debela Sudusa Koshaya Frebeze. Ramando Boshtikea, Taya Zevera Manzo Seseya, Lavro Dosha Sisia, Mangale Devre Bedesho Se, Alaveso, the overflow of it. You missed it. Well, what's today? An opportunity to debrasto fosseke de mere, Aramanja Zestore de Felada, Lamananda. Well, my football is playing, my football team is playing. Joto Rehai, Erimizi Akato, Verefra Siti Andola Zikistia. This is the refreshing. Wherewith the saints shall be refreshed. You need to learn how to get drunk in the spirit. Paul commanded it. He said, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Yes, Lord, I know there's all these problems and I see them, but I choose your word and I rejoice because I know as a sheep and you as my shepherd, I hear your voice. I can stand in this storm on a firm foundation. I'm walking in the spirit. I'm not under any sort of fear or worry. I'll walk through all of this by your leading and guiding and I will see your victory because it has been established already. That What is that? Psalming, hymning? Well, it doesn't have to rhyme. It can rhyme. The victory is mine already. And that's why my life as a disciple is steady. It's not because circumstances are perfect. 
but rather because I'm cooperating with the one who has already gained my victory. And what I see in the natural may have not changed yet, but as I walk in the spirit by faith, soon you will see that mountain lifted up and cast into the sea. That's where that comes from. But what is the answer? It's in the spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's where we're to live, not visit. <laughs> right? Well, you know, cyber attacks are coming. They're going to shut down the grid. Yes, they are. They're going to do, the spirit of Antichrist is going to do all sorts of stupid things. But you can't shut down my grid. And even if the information isn't available here, which most of it isn't, it's all available. So what do I have to be concerned about? <laughs> what if the medical system fell apart? Oh, the faith people. We'd find out who they are. <laughs> it wouldn't take long, would it? Woo! You know, all the cessationists would quit. They'd be like, maybe there is something to that. <laughs> right? Wisdom from above. And then we talked about obedience. Obedience, we talked about James, uh, we were in James 1, 21 through 25, and being a doer, counting it all joy, all of those things. And part of the main thing about obedience is what? What we speak. Now, being a doer of the word makes you blessed. Which means if I'm not, then I'm what? Now, people don't want to say that because they say, well, the scripture says I'm blessed. I know what, what James is referring to is not your spiritual condition. It's your natural condition. My natural condition is a direct reflection of the level of obedience or the doing of what has been provided for me. Think of doing like this. Don't think of it as I'm earning something. Think of it as I'm walking by faith or I'm working from something, not for something. Okay, I need to say that again because we, we miss this many times and, and the grace teaching, even though the grace teaching didn't do this because people take, they will take, Peter even said this. He said, look, you ever read Paul's letters? He said, people that are unspiritual and not, they, they're not taking the time to learn what they should there. They're not being truly genuine before the Lord and seeking truth continually. He said, they take what Paul says and they twist it to their own trouble. They mess it up. They're, they, they're, not, they're not understanding what it says, but yet they're trying to live in a place where Paul was instead of realizing where they are and grow to a place where Paul was. And that takes honesty within. Do you know what honesty within is? Many times. Painful. If you're ever, okay, you don't believe me? I'll just ask you a question that, will, that the Holy Spirit will prove to you it's so, especially if you're married. Have you ever your wife tell you something or your husband tell you something? And you go, no, that's not it. And then later you're like, no, yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, I feel, you're condemning me. No, 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 nope. 
No, they heard from the Holy Ghost and your own heart is condemning you. It's not them. Everybody wants everything. We got personal responsibility. I have to own me. Who's going to stand before the Lord? Heidi and I are not going to stand together before the Lord. We will stand separately. So I'm going to beat her. <laughs> she's competitive. <laughs> I know she's, she's not thinking, oh, she's thinking, I'm going to whoop you, boy. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Obedience. So Mark chapter 10, let's look at this. And we looked at it a little bit last week. Now, verse 17, sorry if I didn't tell you that. Verse 17. Now as he, Jesus, was going out on the road. So Jesus is walking down the road. One came what? Running and knelt before him. Is this guy serious? Now this guy is a rich young ruler. He was a nobleman. He's very wealthy. Do you think normally wealthy people were running around places and sliding in on their knees in front of people? No, they were not. They were noble. So does he, does he have a strong conviction about Jesus? He does have a strong conviction about him. A very strong conviction. I mean, you don't act that way unless you do, right? And he says this. He says what? He says, good teacher... What shall I do to inherit eternal life? So what is the question here? The question is eternal life, right? Okay? Now don't presume that you know where this story is going even though you know where it's going. Because I'm going to ask some questions for us individually that the Lord has been having me continually. He has me revisit these all the time. Certain things. Continually. Like the prayer of consecration I revisit several times in my life. Repeatedly. What is the prayer of consecration? Lord, not my will. Lord, not my will. Jesus prayed it three times. How many, think, how many times do you think I'll have to? Now, he was the son of God. <laughs> no sin in his flesh, and yet I have sin in mine. You know, I'm the one falling asleep while he's praying. <laughs> it's disappointing, but true. Okay, <laughs> but that doesn't matter. I have to then make an adjustment, right? That adjustment's on me. Okay, so don't assume we know here. So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. And he was not saying he wasn't good by saying that, okay? That's, and I don't have time to teach on that, but that's not what he was saying, so just get that out of your head <laughs> if it's coming. All right, verse 19, so you know the commandments. And why is he talking to him about the commandments? Because he's Jewish, he knows the commandments, right? And that's what he's saying to him. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher. So he's, he's being very respectful. This guy is not rude. He's not unkind. He's not rolling in like, yo, give me eternal life. <laughs> he's not like, brah. Bruh, I don't, I don't not understand that, but it's a video game thing. Bruh, you know, you know, things become something. Anyway, so 
I've seen shirts that say, they say, um, it's like a lady, some videos or whatever shirts that say, um, I did not know my, my name would go from mama to mommy to mom to bruh. <laughs> my kids are not allowed to say that to their mom. I do not let them. That is not okay. I mean, if they're joking, that's one thing. But that's just too disrespectful for me. Okay, so verse 20. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. So he's been doing this a while. Now watch verse 21. Then Jesus looking at him, what? He loved him? Now if you go by the current culture definition of love, this is hate, what, what is about to happen. I can't just be what I feel. No, you cannot. Well, God can't. God put me down here, and there's this disrespectful spirit in the earth. Oh, if he really loved me, he wouldn't give me these feelings then. God didn't give you the feelings. Adam sinned. God gave you perfect, and I perfect feelings. Amen. Now, don't sit there. If the thought's coming to you, you need to rebuke it. Well, I wasn't there when Adam was at the tree. The answer is, yes, you were. Because all life came from one blood. That's what the scripture says. Not to mention the fact, you would have done, I would have done the same thing. That's spiritual, that's arrogance to think that we wouldn't. Come on. Oh, I don't like that thought. I know. Rebellion doesn't. Spirit of rebellion. Flesh doesn't like those thoughts. But we need to understand that that's the nature of this. Right here, this thing. You know, the tent. It's the nature of it. So Jesus loves him. What does love do? Well, what is his request? Eternal life. It's eternal life, right? If his request is eternal life, what's he about to get an answer from, from truth? So when I go to the Lord and ask him about something, what should I expect? Is God going, now I'm not saying he's going to be mean, but is he going to patty cake me in an unspiritual way? He's going to talk to me in love, correct? I'm not saying that Jesus was speaking harsh to this man. I don't think he was. I don't believe that at all. I don't believe he was being carnal. None of those things. Jesus said to him, one thing you lack. Well, I don't want to tell people they lack something. Well, then you don't love them. See, our culture has been trained, even the church. You can't say anything to me. I'm offended. Everything offends me. I'm offended by this and offended by that and offended by this and I'm offended. My offense is offended. <laughs> I'm offended with my offense and my offendedness. That's the spirit of Antichrist. And it doesn't belong in the church. Well, I'm going to cater the message so that I don't offend anybody. That is impossible. Now, I can, I can address the message in an offensive way. I can present the message in an offensive way. In other words, I can get out of the fruit of the Spirit into the flesh and say things in a way that I shouldn't, which causes a, 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 a wall to go up within people where they're not as receptive. I can do that. 
But if I'm just speaking plain truth from the scriptures, it's right. It's, it, it's designed, actually, biblically designed to be offendable, offensive. To what? I'm going to make it, I'm going to take it a further, a step further. It's designed to be offensive to death. If I hear truth and associate that, Lord, the, that truth with the Lord and think the Lord is trying to take or to cause stealing, killing, and destroying in my life, then I'm in trouble. If I embrace a lie as a believer and say that's where my life is when Jesus said that's where the death is, I'm in trouble. Now watch this. He says this, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come take up, your, uh, take up the cross and follow me. What is he telling him to do? <clears throat> now you can, you know this answer. The answer is what we just read, right? What does the man want? What is the one thing that he lacks? And did Jesus love him? His love is never the question. My place of, uh, where I place him in my life is always the question. Now remember, don't, don't think this isn't us. Come on, all you rich people. I got more rich scriptures I could go to that are tough on rich people because James has got some good ones too. Many times prosperity people don't realize how much they love money above the Lord. Good preaching, Sean. It is good preaching, Lord. Thank you for your word. Father, your value is higher than everything I have in the natural in my life. Now, what are you saying? You're saying, well, that's easy. You know, people say, well, I have nothing. That's easy for you to say, I have nothing. You could worship $10 as much as a millionaire could worship $10 million. You say, how do you know? You won't give it. <laughs> Thank you, Herb, for laughing on that one. <laughs> do you know why you won't give and let go of things? You're not going to like this. I should say this. Your spirit's going to love it. Your flesh is going to go. But you just need to grab it and go whack, whack, whack. Sit down. <laughs> if you do that again, I'm going to give you five swats. And it'll, it'll increase by two each time. In other words, we can control us, right? <laughs> so funny. Preachers, you know, prosperity preachers, it's rare that I hear them teach on these things. Actually, the one that I've heard really go down that road, one was Brother Hagin, the other was uh, Keith Moore. And he talks about mammon. And he's got a whole series on it. It's really good. Anyway, do you know why I won't give the $10? Because I don't believe that God will get it back to me. My trust
Well, God, don't you know this is how the world functions down here? I think he knows. The issue is not God. See, that's an accusative. I'm saying God's not doing his part. And we always talk about this. In the equation between God and us, who's, do, who's not doing what they're supposed to? It is impossible for God to lie. So if I am in a position where I'm frustrated and not seeing what God told me, what's the problem? Well, it's Pastor Josh. Pastor Josh didn't do what he's supposed to. It's Pastor Josh. Josh did it. Lord, he did it. It's Pastor Josh's fault. <laughs> he did it. It's his fault. And the Lord's going, no, Sean, sell everything you have and come and follow me. You're still trying to hang on to stuff. Well, if I sell it, then I won't be able to do what I want. <laughs> okay, last part. Can you put that back up of verse 21 again? Mark 10, 21. Last part, what does it say? Take up your vacation. Take up your new car. Oh, you, you, you know why all you have is a cross to take up after this? Ooh, you don't know how big my nest egg is. You don't know how big it is. And I'm not telling anybody to sell anything, all right? I'm not getting ready to take up a new offering for the next building project. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. None of that. Guys, don't make this about the stuff. It's about the heart. God, I would never tell anybody to do anything with what they have. I'm not about to turn into a TV preacher and tell you that if you sow right now, all your lost loved ones will come home, all your bodies will be healed, and you'll have 400 oil wells by the end of the week. <sighs> Rama effectively got that out of us if we listened. Well, God's plan for my life is prosperity, right, but not before you lose it all for him. Because if you gain it without losing you first, you will use it for you. Yikes. Welcome to Vessels of Honor. <laughs> I, I want to go through so much more. Take up your cross. Why is he taking up his cross? Well, he doesn't have anything else to take up anymore if he obeys the first part of the verse. If I sell everything I have, what do I have? The clothes on my back. And then I can do what? Take up a cross. What is a cross? Do you know in that day, you might as well, today you might as well say, take up your electric chair. It was a form of capital punishment. You ever notice this? I always wonder about this. And I know I do it too. The disciples heard this because they wrote it down. And then when he went to go to the cross, they were like, what? What? Because what? <laughs> we, we hear things, but we don't, we don't have that understanding all the way of what's being said. 
And, and I, I believe that's, obviously, we're in corrupted things, right? So we do, our understanding is growing, and God's designed it that way. But if all I have to take up is the cross, what do I have left? Nothing, right? So there's this complete stripping of away of everything that I want to do, which is what? Now I'm taking up a cross, which is what? Total obedience to God at any cost. What does total obedience get? Hundredfold harvest. But you can't do that. I can't do that without faith to do it. And so what we'll do is we'll actually plan our own way and then miss God. You know, I'm talking about hearing his voice, right? In the, in the, in the main services. And oftentimes people will, t- you know, you can twist any passage of scripture to your desire and your flesh and the devil will help you. Well, I'm not supposed to listen to anybody around me. I'm just supposed to listen to the Lord. And you think you're listening to the Lord, but really you're just listening to your own desire. I was saying this to the staff on Friday when we had our staff meeting. I was saying, it, 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 is, a, it is something that we have to be very aware of individually and something that we have to work at. In other words, we have to be open before the Lord and have everything laid bare to where we are genuine before him. In other words, I'm completely honest before the Lord. Lord, is, am I doing this? And then not like, am I doing this? Okay, I'm not. Okay, bye. Do you ever have a conversation with your kids? Try to. I need you to do something and I want you to listen to me. Okay, yeah, dad, I know what to do. The thing is, with my kids, I'll grab them or make them come back. I usually grab them with my mouth. You say, what do you mean? You're going to want to stop and listen to me because if you don't, yeah, I do. <laughs> I want to listen now. The Lord will let you walk off. I'm not saying he won't continue to deal with you, but he'll let you go further down the road. But he will because free will is a thing, right? So he'll let you go further down the road. And that's what, look, let's look at this, verse 22. But he was sad, but he was sad at this word. So where he started out in joy and eagerness in coming to the Lord... By the end of it, he was sad. Ever, you ever gone to the Lord and gone away sad? Ooh, it's a good thing we're having a kid's play after this. <laughs> and went away sorrowful for he had what? Actually, the possessions had him. And I'm not saying that this is recorded wrong. I'm saying that's what's being said. Well, you don't know how much stuff I have. Your pile of ashes will be bigger than mine. It's exactly the way it is. You know, people, we in the church, we... We take worldly ideas that are not bad, they're not sinful, they're good, and we make them as God. But they're just natural good. So we'll, we'll say things like, we'll do things in, in the area of, you know, we want to, uh, you know, in, in raising family and different things like that. We'll do things that are good. People, I'll hear this statement. So if you've made this statement to me 
Please don't be offended. Just think about it with me. Because in a sense, there's nothing wrong with it. Well, we're creating memories. I want my kids to have a lot of good memories. Memories? Like what? You're going to be gone or? Watch now. Think with me now eternally. Or they're not going to be with you forever in eternity. That's why the Lord says train them up in the way that they should go. Do you know my kids are not there for my entertainment and to fill the void within me? Guys, get out of that psychology junk. It is not God. Jesus filled the void within me. Now, I, now the other side of that is true. I could be so hard, and it's unbiblical, and be like, I don't need you kids. Of course, God gave them to me. Why in the world? Do I want them to be loved? Do I want them, us to have good memories together? Of course I do, but not memories. My, my times with my dad growing up, and even when I was older, are not just some pile of old pictures sitting somewhere. We're going to talk about it soon. Soon. And I'm going to live out all my days, all the way to the end, and break that ribbon at the end. And, and there's going to be a crown of righteousness waiting for me when I'm done. But when I get there, guess who's going to be there? All my grandparents, because I know they're saved. All my parents will be there. I believe all my siblings will be there, my cousins, people I didn't even know. And guess what? I'm not just going to have, like, we're not going to be in heaven going, remember that time? <laughs> Does, do you understand what I'm saying? It's gonna, it's forever, forever, forever. Selah, guess what? Shane is dad, and you are gonna know him forever. Forever. My God, Lord, open our eyes. Open our eyes. Forever. It is forever. Who I can see heaven. It is forever. This is the shortest thing I will ever do. So what do I have that he cannot have? I'm not there 100%. I've done some pretty cool stuff. In obeying the Lord by his grace. But I'm not done. I got more to do. I got more to give. I got more to preach. I got places to go that I haven't been yet. I got divine appointments that I haven't reached yet. And I am not going to let natural things stop me from there. I will not. It is worth losing everything in the natural to have everything that he desires for me in the spiritual because I know if you read the rest of the chapter or the rest of the verses after that, if I give it up in this life, I get it a hundredfold back. Houses, mothers, fathers, all of it. I get it all back a hundred times. What does that mean to me, Sean? 
What does that mean? That means completely surrounded by harvest to the full of, of the thing, actually things that God desired for us to give up, only now our fullness is in him. So we have all of this within the context of balance spiritually, or I would say it this way, with spiritual maturity. <laughs> I'm so excited for heaven. And then after that, do you remember that old, old uh, I think it was a commercial or something. Do we have a meeting today? Altar Care has a meeting today, okay. Do you remember that old uh, uh, commercial? Uh, or maybe it wasn't a commercial. I can't, can't remember what it was. But the guy would say, and then, and then. You guys remember that at all? In other words, he would keep the person going. Like they would share something, and then, he, and then, and then they would share, and then, well, there's no more then, but with Jesus, and then, and then, and then, and then, there is a whole galaxy we haven't even explored yet. And we're worried about who the Antichrist is. Who cares? When this is all said and done, I'm Captain Marvel. <laughs> We serve the strongest of all the Avengers. <laughs> That's bad doctrine. All right, so you get the point. Forever. We are involved in and a part of and have been asked to be a part of intergalactic rulership. Well, you're crazy. No, I'm biblical. And it will be forever. Which means... Me and Robin are going to be in heaven going, hey, how you doing? Remember when we tore up the devil's kingdom in Billings? Woohoo! Let's go back. Forever. Amen? Woo, it's hitting hard on the head, isn't it? It's good. I love it. All right, bless you. See ya. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.